Hello. Welcome to the Valley View podcast, episode seven, I think. Wow, and who would have thought that we would get here? Yeah, who would have thought we'd still be having fun? Yeah, that's that's true. I'm Tyler. You can come in if you want. I'm Tyler. <laughs> I'm here with Matt, my host, and we are recording this podcast in front of a live studio audience. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's first us, time us. we have a real studio guest. Do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Ellie Pearson. I'm Caitlin Coffey. And what are you guys doing here exactly? Um, we thought, hey, we should go hop on the podcast and then leave. So we are here. So hello and we're, goodbye. We're about, we figured it was worth swinging by. We're about That's to go funny. A monumental occasion. You're yeah, we're go about to make bank. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Are you surprised at how interesting the studio is? It's very yeah. intricate and very well designed and like well thought out. I like the couches. It's a nice touch. Everything is for a purpose. Yeah, I can totally tell. Most of our guests are impressed by the the studio the first yeah. time they see it. I would say so far, a hundred percent of our guests you have know, been impressed. I was imagining like you each had like headsets and mics, but this definitely works too because it sounds like that. So yeah, as long as it's it sounding like it, they're not going to see. She it. says that as I'm pushing the wheelie chair that I set the computer on over to them so that the podcast will pick up their voice. So I was honestly thought they had mics, but apparently not. So this computer is doing a pretty good job. (laughs) My six-year-old $80 Dell laptop. So Tyler, for the benefit of people listening, like in Montana, Texas, extended family members, friends in all parts, who who are these people that have joined us? So I'm a youth pastor at this church and uh, they're in my youth group. Well, one of them just graduated. But one of them's still in my youth group. Ah, that makes me sad. <laughs> uh, it's great to have you all here. Yeah. yeah, we originally, so this week is our church's VBS. And we originally had like 15 kids who were all going to sit in. And they all dispersed because Matt didn't come on time today. Yeah. <laughs> and now we don't uh, have any place to invite our guests to sit. We don't have any refreshments. What are we well, supposed to do? I, I told them that they could sit in if they were willing to sit on the floor. Oh, okay. So, a gallon of water on the table. I do have a gallon of water. I'm a little more than halfway done today. Did we ever start the timer for the podcast today? Uh, we did not. All right. Well, we'll we'll set it for 27 minutes because I bet we're about three minutes in. If you're listening to this podcast, uh, DM me what the timestamp is when I said that and see how close it is to three minutes. Let me know. Um, <laughs> Whoa. Apparently, I never last time. Stopped, apparently, I never stopped. It's still going last from last time, time apparently. We're at, <laughs> we're at 167 hours right now. Still uncounted. Anyways, so we have, um, what, well, we, it, this is a very special podcast for a number of reasons. We're starting, we, we have never on this podcast yet in seven episodes, six episodes, this is the seventh. We've never done a series, a podcast mm-hmm. series. So today I think we're going to start two podcast series on the same day. Mm-hmm. However, before we do any of that, uh, Matt and I had talked about speaking about this on the podcast and we never had. So today, Matt and I are going to talk about honeymoons. <gasps> oh. <laughs> Wait, that was excitement from the studio audience. <laughs> I got it on video. I got it on video. So tell me more about what you mean when you say talk about honeymoons. So if you remember all the way back to episode one, I think I made some comment to the effect of Matt and I are very similar in a lot of ways, but Mm -hmm. when you get down to like the little details, we're just, we're just really different. So one of the ways that we've seen this in our lives is the way that we did each of our honeymoons. So I can start, I guess. Um, is that okay with you, Matt, or would you like to go first? Okay. Bye, fans. I love you, Mom. Yeah. Everybody say goodbye to <laughs> Ellie and Caitlin. Yeah. 
All right. See fun. you guys. Bye. Thank you for stopping by. Bye. Good to yeah. see you guys. Yeah, Tyler. Um, I had a moment where I didn't remember what in the world you were talking about. Now I remember that we have had that conversation. And I think this is going to be interesting, at least for me and probably for you. So yeah, why don't you step up to the plate first and tell us about your uh, experience? Sure. I mean, I should also mention, um, I've had a number of people DM me about, uh, does your podcast take guests? Do you, do you, do you like having guest stars? The answer is yes, as you just experienced. Uh, you're free to come. Your best bet is just to say, just do what they did and just kind of walk in because I'll say yes, hundred percent whenever you DM me on Instagram or text me or whatever, but then I will forever forget to actually text you and tell you to come. So if you just show up, that's probably your best bet. Yeah. We'll let you sit on the floor. We'll let you interject and interrupt as much as you want. Yeah. We're both kind of like peacemaking kind of guys. So we're not really going to fight you too hard. So just show up. We'd be happy to see you. Um, anyways, my honeymoon. So as some of you may know, I was married about six months ago to a nice lady named Emily. She likes to listen to my podcast, also Matt's podcast. Um, when Emily and I got married, our honeymoon was a week vacation to Hawaii. Uh, and you might ask, how, Tyler, you're a youth pastor. How would you afford that? Tyler, wait a minute. You're a youth pastor. How would you afford that? Ah, well, I'm glad you asked, Matt. Um, so my parents, through my grandmother, have a nice timeshare that they can use. They get five stars throughout the year. Mm. And they use two of their stars to send us to Hawaii. Uh, so it's not because we're rich. It's because my parents have a timeshare. Well, that doesn't mean they're rich because it was passed down by their by my grandma. I don't even so, know how she got it. Maybe she was rich. So they decided that you were worth 40% of their annual stars. I don't think they were planning on using it for the year. So sure, yeah, you can look at it that way if you want. So 20% for you, one star. Yeah. 20% for Emily, one star. That makes sense. So y'all each got a star and off you went to Hawaii Uh huh. with your two stars. And okay. while we were in Hawaii, um, <laughs> we kind of got into it. So we're both like, we love to adventure. Uh, so Emily literally the first couple of nights was staying up till like a couple hours after dark, just like researching all the things that we could do. We were on Maui. She was researching all the different like things to do, places to see all the different waterfalls on Maui. Okay, hold and, on, but before you go any further, okay. <clears throat> what does it look like for someone to be researching in Maui? Um, are they going to the library to do this research, or what, what exactly did that look like? <laughs> she uh, had her laptop out, she had her phone out, and she was just looking up like sites in Maui, waterfalls in Maui, things to do in Maui, watching YouTube videos, reading articles, all that stuff. She was on Yelp a lot. <laughs> okay, so you're talking about the internet. <clears throat> yeah, internet research. So, after she did that, we proceeded to, for I think, we were there for like six days. For I think four of the six days, we got up before dawn uh, mm. and started driving mm. to drive to where we were going to be right as the sun came up. And then throughout the day, we would just drive from place to place all over the island. We went, we saw, we went on a humpback whale cruise. We uh, drove to the other side of the island twice, which is like a two hour drive through the jungle. Uh, on one lane roads and wind like winding rainstorms, just everything. Uh, we went to about probably close to like ten waterfalls. We went on like three or four nature hikes. We there was at the one of the best parts of the trip was on the last night we saw a jumping baby whale when we were at a scenic overlook. Um, and I'm definitely forgetting things as well. So we just we adventured. We went around. We did pretty much everything. We we would get back to our hotel as it was getting dark, probably at like seven thirty or eight, and just pass out because we were so tired. 
Mm. Um, mm. That was our vacation to Hawaii. That was our honeymoon. Now, Matt, tell me about you and Molly's honeymoon. Well, I will, but first of all, I've got some concerns about yours. Okay. What did you guys do for food? What, what if you ended up, this would have been one of my hangups um, for adopting that kind of a yeah. travel itinerary. What if you ended up in, in the jungle at noon with no place to get lunch? Oh, well, we, we actually, oh, that's a good question. A lot of Maui is very uh, rural and rustic, so there is not a lot of food around. Um, but we always had snacks in the car. I mean, we, we went out to eat a decent amount cause like honeymoon, you know, it's fun to fun to fun to splurge a little bit. The other thing about Hawaii, if you don't know this is that their import costs are insane. So I was legitimately paying $4 for like a carton of eggs or $4 for a loaf of bread. Um, so when you're spending that much for even just the essential foods, we kind of just went out to eat a decent amount, but yeah, we went to Walmart. We always had like, I know we always, at every point in the trip, we had pop tarts in the car. <laughs> so if ever we were hungry, we would just have a pop tart. <laughs> And what would you say? Did you, did you love that honeymoon? Would you change anything? I think that we actually, both of us agree. That was definitely the best vacation of either of our lives. It might've been like the best week of my life. Wow. It was so fun. Wow. Like we just, we, it, especially because mm. we were going there, we're from Minnesota and we were going there in January. Mm. So we left, like we got back and it was negative 10 every day that week. And we left and it was like 20 degrees every day. Mm. And then we went to a place that was like 75 and sunny with rainforest. Like it was amazing. And a 10,000 foot mountain. We drove up a mountain at sunset. It was wow. so much fun. Wow. So ours uh, is going to be pretty much the exact opposite of that. <clears throat> Not in Which is why I wanted to talk about this. <laughs> uh, it was still, I would put it in the category of course, of being so much fun, but it was very different. So we chose a place that we'd never been before. Neither one of us had ever been to the Northeast. Uh, so thank New Hampshire, Vermont, Maine. We'd never been up to that part of the country. So we decided to go there mm. and we uh, spent our days um, looking around at neat old buildings. We checked out lighthouses. We went to antique shops. We spent time at the beach, just relaxing. Um, we ate um, at some really great restaurants, including Chili's twice. Okay, now <laughs> what a honeymoon! Let me let me separate those two sentences. I said really great restaurants, and then I said Chili's twice. All right, I do really like Chili's, but I'm not calling Chili's a really great restaurant. Okay, okay, but the chips and salsa had never tasted so good because one time because you were a newlywed, we were so hungry, right? I don't know where, where we had been, probably looking at lighthouses. Um, the Bush family, like the presidential Bush family, they yeah. have their retreat up at Kennebunkport, Maine. So we got to go and see that from a distance and um, just check out a place we'd never been before and, and do it together and spend time together. So it was very, very planned. Um, I had it all planned out as well as far as where we would go, you know, most of the time where we would eat, um, all those kind of things. So not adventurous i wouldn't say so matt how does my honeymoon sound to you um it sounds bad <laughs> tell me more yeah well just being outside that much and like in the blazing hot sun <laughs> like without sunscreen without sunscreen no with no sunscreen uh in the jungle like with a box of raisinets in the back seat <laughs> as my lunch that sounds bad. Yeah, I was thinking that your honeymoon sounds like the most boring thing ever. <laughs> like, you literally drove around, got out, and looked at stuff. 
and then got back in and went somewhere else to look at something else. Like my family growing up, like we always went hiking for like our vacations because none of us could stand walking into a museum. Like we hated just standing and like reading things or staring at things. Like we just always needed to be doing something. And Emily and I on our honeymoon, we were the same way. We were always doing something. So Hawaii would not be on my like top 10 list of destinations where I would want to go. Wow, that's crazy. I put, you know, several places in Europe on that list. Um, Maybe even Australia, um, some places in Asia and Africa. And then Hawaii would be somewhere in the top uh, 50, maybe. (laughs) Top 50 states. Maybe below Alaska, even. I would love Um, to go to Alaska. Yeah. I will say, um, well, I mean, for me, I don't have my passport. So I'm, I'm mostly focused on traveling around the States. Um, the, the, I would say Emily would enjoy your honeymoon more than I would because Emily loves to just sit on the beach and relax. I actually cannot stand sitting on the beach. Like when Emily, actually the only time that we were apart on our honeymoon is when Emily wanted to go like scuba diving or just sit on a beach for a couple hours, I would drop her off and go play disc golf. (laughs) And I, I would like you listeners to know that, uh, she and I agreed, like, that was not me saying, okay, well, I'm not coming with you. Like, she wanted to chill on the beach because she knew I would be annoying if I was on the beach with her. <laughs> so I would just drop her off and I would go. There's only two courses on the entire island of Maui, but I played them both a couple times. But it was it was a wonderful honeymoon, as I'm sure yours was too. It was. We just would not have enjoyed each other's honeymoons very much. <laughs> it's a good thing we didn't do that together. Yeah, a couple's honeymoon. Well, I mean, like... There, there are other problems with a couple's honeymoon, but... <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Let's leave that to the side. Anyway, um, you know how some couples take like a second honeymoon? Yeah. I don't know whether they hit 30 years, 40 years, whatever. Um, where would you want to go if you if you guys took a second one? Oh, well, uh, you're going to make me sound bad. We actually, so we, Hawaii was our second. <laughs> You've heard about that, right? Have I told you about that? I have. Let's let's pretend like yeah. a third. So you get yeah. a third. No, nah, I get, I get, we'll say second. <laughs> um <laughs> I, w- I actually would love to go to Alaska. Like that, that's actually my answer. Alaska in the summer. Alaska in the summer. Not Alaska in the winter. Okay, good one. I think it would be cool to go over June 21st, 20th and 21st, mm-hmm. to be in Alaska the longest days of the year. Ooh, yeah. I think that would be so cool. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. What about you? Um, I think I'd choose like some kind of a Germany, Austria, Switzerland um, mm. expedition. Um you know, I'm gonna. There I go using a word like expedition to describe what I want to do. But uh, t- how about tour? Okay. A little tamer, yeah. right? A yeah, yeah. Tour. I'm gonna talk out of both sides of my mouth a little bit because I said that I would hate museums and going to look at stuff, but like I'm actually a big history buff, so I would be interested in going to Germany and seeing like Auschwitz. You know, like mm. just just seeing that history would be really interesting. Yeah. Like kind of like powerful history, like that would be interesting to me. Yeah. But for the most part, like just going to look at some lighthouse, not not my thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um should we segue we probably should do we want to talk about our elementary school experiences uh let's save that for the let's save that for a future so i lied to you guys we are only starting one three-part series today uh we will be starting another series at some point but that'll just be a teaser for later there you go so tyler um why don't you share with our whole audience what you've been up to uh this morning what's going on at church this week oh yeah uh our church is having a vbs we uh so there's what? And like, what is VBS? What yeah. does that stand for? Stands for Vacation Bible School. Um, it's like a three-hour segment in the morning for four-year-olds up to fifth graders, up to just finished fifth graders. Um, they do some crafts. Uh, I'm the games master, so I play games with them all. 
uh, and they have a lesson where they learn about Jesus and they sing some songs. It's yeah, it's a good time. Awesome. So it's like three hours. Can't I can't let this conversation go without asking you? Uh, did you go to VBS when you were growing up, Tyler? Oh, um, I was thinking about that actually. If I did, it was only like once when I was really little. Ah, okay. I don't know if my church did one, mm-hmm. but. I, I was familiar with the concept, which makes me think I might have gone at one point, but I don't really, it didn't make an impact on me. We'll put it that way. Yeah. Okay. But <clears throat> I was going to bring up the point. I'll, I'll just go ahead and make the point because I love to talk about snacks and food. Um, it's been a while since you've been to VBS. One thing you may find interesting is that um, the snacks have really changed. They're really like, really, um, they're very creative now. Like when I was, a youngster going to vacation Bible school. It was a Dixie cup of Kool-Aid oh. and some pink animal crackers out of the bag. Right? Yeah. Here you go. Here's five of these. Here's a little Dixie cup of Kool-Aid. Now there's like a whole planning guide for how to plan out the snacks. You know, you take two Twix bars and make it look like railroad tracks or you. Uh, You're just hyping up your wife and daughter because they were in charge of snacks. <laughs> it's all well they didn't make them up it's like in the book here's how you make the snack they like fit a theme now sure so there's a theme and that makes sense yeah and then the snacks like integrate with the theme right (laughs) so we're doing a railroad theme so you've got your left and your right twix and it's the tracks and then maybe you're laying a butterfinger over the top of them and it now it looks like a railroad track I, i gotta be honest i don't really think that the kids are going to be internalizing a lot of uh, spiritual messages through the snack. I think they're going to get it and say, wow, cool. I got candy and then they're going to eat it. <laughs> but I like the thought that goes into it at least. That's kind of cool. It is kind of cool, isn't it? Um, we're going to start. Uh, so here's the actual segue. <laughs> talk a little bit about uh, today, the church, and uh, keep talking about it for the next few weeks. Um not talking about our church in particular, um, we're not talking about Prairie Hill Church, but the, the church in general, especially the church in America. And um, this, is a, this is a tough time for a lot of churches. Mm. Uh, it's a tough time for a lot of pastors. Coming out of the pandemic, um, I would say from what I have um, experienced personally, conversations, uh, things that I've read, um, the level of dissatisfaction with the church is about as high as I can remember in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. It's people uh, really feeling dissatisfied with what they've seen, either from the church that they go to or the church in general. Dissatisfaction, I would say, is pretty common. Um, could be dissatisfaction regarding uh, the stance their church has taken on certain issues. Uh dissatisfaction over decisions that got made during the pandemic, uh, all, all of those things. Um, in addition to just natural dissatisfactions that have always been there about, you know, what a particular church decides to do and programs and all those things. We've also got um, just this wave of disappointment with our leaders as well. Um, seems like every couple weeks, every month, every couple months, we find out about a new church leader that just has failed in some uh, spectacular way. And um, it's just tough. And a lot of people, I think, uh, are asking the question, why should I keep 
identifying with a church, even if they're not voicing it out loud or talking about it with friends, that question may creep around the back of their minds. Um, can be so dissatisfied, disenfranchised, and may just feel like, gosh, um, I'm still going to be a Christian, but I'm just kind of done with church involvement and organize that organized kind of religion. So let's, let's just take on that question for a few minutes. Let's um, think about maybe addressing someone who is thinking that way and give our best arguments for staying in close contact and in participation with a church. So Tyler, I'll let you take the first swing at this. And maybe um, since youth ministry is, is your wheelhouse, maybe, maybe address, um, you know, a high schooler who may have that question and, and think about and just tell us, like, what kind of things would you point them to if someone came to you and said, you know, I just I'm kind of done with the church thing and um, it just is not living up to my expectations. Oh, there's so much to that question. Um, I mean, I feel like in that situation, the first thing I would do is say, yeah, like, I get it. You know, like churches can be very unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, they can be very hurtful to people uh, when they're not you know, doing, doing what they're supposed to. Um, but I mean, I work at a church, so I guess it's not a surprise to hear that. I think the churches should be a thing. You know, I mean, I think that they're, I think that they're the church in some form is essential for the Christian life. Um, and I say that because it's what the Bible says about it. I mean, I, when I'm speaking at, when I'm speaking, especially at Shamanah, specifically at Shamanah. Um, and I'm going through the Bible in four days. I always, on the last day, make a point to tell the kids to not try to live this Christian life on an island. Um, and I use that as a springboard to tell them, like, get involved with your local church. I mean, if you have a youth group, go to that youth group. Um, like, find find believers who can encourage you. And I say that because uh, the, the verse that always comes to my mind is Hebrews 10. Uh, I think it's verse 24 or 25. Um, and it says something like, uh, therefore encourage one another, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, um, yeah, like, but encourage one another and all the more as we see the day approaching, um, which is a pretty clear indication that like, as followers of Jesus, we are biblically supposed to hang out with other followers of Jesus, Mm -hmm. um, which sounds so easy when you say it, you know, like, oh yeah, hang out with other Christians. But then what do you do when the other Christians are not acting like they're following Jesus? Mm-hmm. Um, because it becomes very easy to just say, well, I mean, you're not acting like a follower of Jesus, so why should I hang out with you? Mm-hmm. You know, but I think it's at that point that we can, um, Galatians 6, like bear one another's burdens, you know, like mm-hmm. it, it is not always easy to hang out with other believers, but I think it's good for us. Like, I think, yeah. I think it's, I think when it's working right, it's a good encouragement. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when they're falling short, it's an opportunity for us to pull them up. And when we're falling short, it's a heck of a lot better to have people around you to pull you up instead of trying to pull yourself up alone. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think, I think the church is, well, and the, the higher command over the top of it is like, if, I mean, if we have that verse in Hebrews and we have other passages that talk about believers being together, I mean, it's God tells us to, you know, like mm-hmm. I, sometimes it's, it's, 
callous to start a discussion with why should I do this? Well, because God says so, but I don't think it's something that you can ignore either. Um, mm -hmm. So I would, yeah, I would say that it's important to be, if not involved with a specific like local church to at least be spending consistent routine time with other believers um, because God tells us to, uh, and because it's good for us and good for them. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. Do you believe uh, Tyler that, um, God can use relational difficulty and personalities that are difficult for you or people that aren't like you? Do, do you believe that he can use those things in, in your life to, in the process of sanctification? In other words, do you think God uses hard things and sometimes difficult people for us to achieve a, um, a greater end uh, in our lives? I mean, yeah, I would say that's undeniable. <laughs> Just, I mean, speaking from my own experience, like the people that are not the easiest for me to deal with are the ones that help me learn patience, you know? Right. Right. Or, right. yeah, or, or help me to love people more like Jesus loves them, you know? Yeah. Like that's such a basic, that's, that might even be like a trite thing to say, but like, mm -hmm. I don't love people the way that Jesus did, you know? Yeah. Um, but part of the Christian life is working to get closer to that. Mm -hmm. And if everyone is super easy for you, like if I'm just hanging out with like my three favorite students all the time, which I don't even ask me to try to name who my three favorite students are. It's, it's impossible. But if I'm just <laughs> hanging out with a few students that I'm like really close with, that's like really fun and enjoyable and can help like build me up and everything. But like yeah. there, there's a way that I grow when I have to hang out with difficult people that you, you don't grow when you're just hanging out with people that are easy to hang out with. Yeah. So, yeah. So yes, I, I think you can. <laughs> Those are great thoughts. Um, I think as a, so as someone who's in ministry also, if, um, if I'm addressing that person who has deep disappointment with the church and is thinking about bailing, um, I think one of the things I would wanna do is take them to the New Testament and just identify, help them to find some fellowship with what we see there. And here's what I mean one of the very first things that happens in the church, we can read about this in Acts chapter six, is that there's a group of people who are really dissatisfied with what's happening in the church. <laughs> so the church has just begun, Acts chapter six, there's a group of people that are not happy with the plan and they're not happy with um, the way the leaders um, are handling things. And they bring up a very real problem. It's not that they had a, you know, illegitimate issue, they were being overlooked, right? So there's a group of widows that are being overlooked in the distribution of food. One of the things that the church ministry was supposed to be doing or had taken on. And so right away, there's a group of people that are dissatisfied and the church has to deal with it and they do. And then we could go to a passage like Philippians chapter four, where, you know, we're in this letter that Paul is, is writing to a church and we read that there's two people there, uh, presumably ladies, because of the names that are given to us. We read, I entreat Euodia and I entreat Syntyche to agree in the Lord. So in this church, there's people who are not getting along with each other. <laughs> and does, it, does that sound familiar to anybody out there? There's a couple people that are not getting along. There's been a relational fracture. There's a relational issue. 
and the church is being called to come alongside them and help. So here's the reason I'm bringing this up to the person who's dissatisfied and disappointed is just to show that these things have always been happening. Like from the very beginning, there have been these issues since the beginning of the church. So it's not recent. It's not a recent development. We don't have to despair thinking that this is abnormal. It just happens whenever people are together, you know, and, and so I think that's encouraging for us because it just lets us know that this is just life in the church. And um, alongside that, the encouraging thing is that there's remedy provided here too, like the church is called alongside to deal with it. And that's the part that maybe we always don't do very well is handling that conflict. So that's, that's an issue as well. But I would just want to show that person, hey, um, this has always been happening in the church. Yes, it's disappointing, but um, it's something that we can take on and, and try to deal with and, and do better. The other thing I would say is um, to take them to Matthew 18 and show how um, Jesus is telling his disciples about the importance of gathering together. Um, Matthew 18, 19. Again, I say to you, um, if two of you on earth agree on on anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. That's kind of mysterious, isn't it? Like, what exactly does that mean? Right. But um, it is a promise of Jesus that when people are gathered in his name, which is what a, a church service is, it is people gathered in his name for the purpose of worshiping him. What do we mean by in his name? Um, I would say, like, for the proclamation of yeah. his name. We're, we're meeting benefit. because of Jesus. Because of him. Yeah. yeah. Like he is the if, reason. Uh, to, to quote First Corinthians 15, if Christ has not been raised, Paul's preaching is useless and so is our faith. Yeah. There you go. Uh, in his name means that we're meeting because Jesus rose from the dead. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. In his name for the proclamation of his gospel, for the purpose of proclaiming him. Um, he says that he's there. Mm-hmm. Like there, there am I among them. And so... That's a huge reason why none of us can just say, I'm out of here. I'm not doing this church gathering thing anymore because we're forfeiting the opportunity to gather in his name and have his real presence there among us. And so um, I don't know how those arguments would sit, you know, with, you know, the people that are listening or with you. Um, I just know that we don't have the option of giving up, giving up on the church. And also there's, is there something beautiful about God using broken people to accomplish his purposes? Right. Yeah. I also think that when we're thinking of the church, we are thinking of like the building that we come to with people, Mm -hmm. but we're more thinking of like people following Jesus, hanging out with each other. You Mm -hmm. know, like Mm -hmm. I think, I think sometimes people differentiate those people that those two ideas so much that it's like, well, you can be a part of the church and like never go to a building, which is a hundred percent true. Mm-hmm. But I also do think like, at least in 21st century America, where we are right now, like taking the stand of like going to a building and hanging out with some other Christians, some other people following Jesus on Sunday morning is like, I don't think that's something we just totally discount and forget about. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's easy to just completely tear those two ideas apart, but I don't think they should be completely torn apart. Yeah, I agree. And we tend to come at this whole question with a very, um, 
very much a consumer mindset. Individualistic. That, yeah, individualistic that my decision to stay or go just affects me. I'm not offering anything to anybody while I'm there. Yeah. It's just a consumer transaction. And that's just not true. Yeah. You know, we, it fails to take into account the ministry that you have to other people. Yeah. That encouraging help. one another is a biblical concept. Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. Matt, I have a confession for you. Yeah. I think we're already over 30 minutes because we, <laughs> we started the timer late. Uh, um, so I, let me, let me close this up with a couple of things. Um, first of all, I, if you remember last week, I said that this was a very special week. Uh, and I talked about, I mean, we've talked about a few ways this week is special. This is a three-part series. We're going to spend two more weeks talking about the church, various, various aspects of it. And we'll actually start a two-part series next week as well. That was going to be a three-part series, but now it's not. <laughs> um, but the thing I was talking about last week, uh, we didn't really talk about it today. You'll, uh, you'll find out next week what the, what the special thing I was talking about this week was. So. Uh, is it that one thing? It's that one thing that, okay. you know, right. it's about 24 hours from now from us, but that's right. they'll hear about it in a week. Okay. That, so that's yeah. awesome. That's uh that's your cliffhanger. Uh, come back next week. There it is. Thanks everybody. Take yeah. care. Thank you for listening. Hey guys, special post credits. Um, this, this episode was so jam packed that I forgot to give you guys a little plug that I really wanted to give. Um, so at our youth retreat last weekend, I found out that a few of our loyal podcast listeners uh, created a some merch, some merchandise for the podcast. Uh, they made a T-shirt. Uh, it's absolutely beautiful. Uh, for a visualization, it has uh, on top in white lettering the Valley View podcast, and then it has a cutout of my head and a cutout of Matt's head, and then an American flag underneath it. Uh, it's a navy blue shirt, so it's about the most beautiful shirt you could possibly come up with. Um, if you are interested in purchasing that shirt, I mean, we're not going to make any money off of it. It just would, I think it would be somewhere between 15 and $25, depending on how many, uh, we purchase. Um, we're just doing it on custom ink, but if you're interested in that shirt, if you're interested in having some Valley view podcast merch, uh, just DM me on Instagram, shoot me a text. Let me know. That's all I got for you guys. Just hit me up if you want it. Thanks. Bye.